Yeah. What up? Rated PG. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mutant City Horror. Got a little bit of a change for you this week. Um, as you may know, Mutant City Horror has been making lots of new friends recently, and with a lot of those coming from Instagram. And one of those new friends is Best of B Horror. Jake, who runs the Best of B Horror Instagram page, is a true fan of the art that is B Horror. Um, and he was gracious enough to sit down and spend some time with us so that we can get to know him a little bit more. We absolutely love his Instagram page and everything that he does. So hit pause on this, go to Instagram, start following Best of B Horror, all one word, Best of the letter B Horror, and then come back and find out what he's all about. This is going to be a two part episode. Um, this one here that you're listening to now is going to be the straight interview with Jake. And then next episode is going to be our review of the movie Arobicide, which was Jake's pick for the week and the inspiration for his Instagram page. Continue to hit us up on Instagram at Mutant City Horror. Don't forget, check out Best of B Horror, and we'll see you on the next one. Good man, how are you? Can't complain, you know, kids asleep. Nice. Not working, so. I always tell people at work, you can complain, it's just not going to change anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice to meet uh, you, man. Yeah, good to meet you too. Sorry, this light is not great in here. Oh, it's all cool. good. Nobody comes to Mutant City yeah. Horror for the production value. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you actually, you don't, you don't, uh, put video on anymore, huh? No, we, I mean, I don't know if you saw any of our YouTube stuff. We were starting to get a, well, I was starting to get a little bit better at it, um, over time, but it was just taking way too much time. Um, considering I was teaching myself everything on, you you know, YouTube video after YouTube video. And, you know, I was uh, obsessed with like lighting and angles and just for what, for, you know, a hour long video or so that people probably aren't even going to watch. You know, Matt and I always talk about like doing our own movies. I don't know if you saw that short that I sent you that I did with the kids, but like I just, you know, I'm married, two kids, uh, you know, I'm manager at work. So like I don't have a lot of available time to kind of sit down and learn all the ins and outs of directing, even though like I love it. I'll take any opportunity I can to do it, but um, just, it's, I don't know, it's not in the budget, if you will. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. I mean. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I studied to do, to do film and all that stuff. And I mean, I, I still, I edit professionally, but I'm not doing what I wanted to do necessarily, you know, I got wish you. I was making some of these movies, but <laughs> it is what it is. Well, that's where we come in. You know, I've, I've like, I'm always like willing to put something together and like carve some time out as long as I can right now kind of schedule it, you know, I would imagine mm -hmm. you're kind of the same way wife and kid. So, you know it's a little bit harder at our ages and with our schedules, but it's always fun to like take a weekend and just, you know, be silly and do whatever you can. So. Yeah. I mean, that's why I started doing this in the first place. It was just, you know, same thing every day doing the same work and just kind of wanted to do something different. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it was a hobby and now it's, more than that i guess <laughs> matt and i always talked about like he because he's the creative type so 
always in his head, always writing, always coming up with stories. Um, I'm more the analytical type, so I know to put stuff together, gather resources, you know, make something happen. So we've always talked about um, like shooting something and my brother's big in the film too. So, you know, we kind of got him on board and we bought some cameras, we bought some lighting, like little pieces here and there along the way, but just never really like carved dedicated time to do anything. Even that, that short little four minute video that I made with the kids, I was at my parents' house with my brothers and we've been drinking all day in the pool and we're like, I was like, dude, I got my GoPro with me. We should shoot something. And, you know, it was just an idea from like bullshit. And, but we had a blast doing it, you know? Yeah. The hard part was staying up to like three or four in the morning, trying to get it all edited and make it look nice so that I can show everybody something before I left that weekend. So it wasn't just kind of a, a waste or whatever. Um, but I will say, um, in doing the recorded stuff for the podcast back in the day for YouTube and um, dabbling with like, I wouldn't call it a documentary, but uh, my grandmother's 91 and she is very sharp. So trying to get as many stories out of her as possible before she takes them with her. So I start, that's kind of how the whole thing started for me and with the editing and the filming and stuff. And then Matt came along and was like, Hey, you want to do this podcast thing? I was like, sure. But like, let's make it video. And so at the end of the day, mad respect for editors, just so much respect for the editing process. I, you know, you taught, you hear a lot about writers and directors and actors, honestly, in my opinion, after praising all those people for 40 plus years and now like a year or two of like editing movies are made in the editing room, man. Oh, no question. I mean, the fact that they're, they're talking about getting rid of the uh, editing award for in the Oscars. Oh, is that's insane. Absurd. I mean, yeah. Editor, editor, in my opinion is really the, I mean, they're the last person who's going to touch it. Well, you so. put it all, you put it all together. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, they're, they're, it, that's the thing. Like a director can make the movie. You got all the people on the set who are making them, who are, who are working on it. But ultimately, it's the editor who has to put it all together. You know, what's a great testament to that is like those movies that get um, their trailers remade as something else. So like they take like the Karate Kid and they turn it into like a comedy or whatever. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, if you have the right, if you put the pieces in the right order and you change the music around, like anything can be something completely different no matter yeah. what you shot, how it was acted or written, it's the editor that puts all those pieces together. He's the editor is the one putting together the final product, the way that he sees it or she sees it. And not so much. I mean, I'm sure there's some working with the director and stuff like that, but there's a lot of power in that editing booth for sure. I just, um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, with Bob Odenkirk nice. and he was talking about, have you, have you seen uh, nobody? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. So apparently that movie, um, they had shot it. They'd edited it. This was all, uh, I think they did it pre-pandemic or maybe in the beginning of the pandemic. No, it was pre-pandemic. But then they were just not happy with where it was at. And then once the pandemic started, one one of the editors, not the main editor who would actually cut the movie, but another editor was like, hey, you know, I'm just sitting at home not doing anything. Can I take a crack at making this better? And this guy just spent the next few months on his own 
recutting this movie and he made it what it is come on like he he uh i don't know if you remember the the first sequence where it's kind of this monotonous like run it he's jogging he's taking out the trash and all that stuff he built this entire opening sequence from like cutting room floor footage stuff that they weren't going to use it if i recall correctly it was very like um it was like uh it was showcasing his routine right so like Get yeah. up, breakfast, coffee, yeah. newspaper, drive to work, punch in, punch out, back home, dinner, like that. It, it was almost yeah. like um, uh, Requiem for a Dream, where they mm -hmm. kept like, you know, yeah, like the those, drug scenes uh, and stuff. Yeah, like those the, really repetitive things where yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Showing, showing that, the, yeah. the monotony. So, so, yeah, I mean, if that's not proof right there that you should keep that in the awards program, I don't know mm -hmm. what is. So what led you to want to be in like an editor? Was it, was it always editing or was it like, I want to be in the movie well, industry? No, I mean, I was trying to do more. Um, I, I mean, I've been editing since I was in like high school. I was doing like music videos with friends. We were really into a band, um, punk band called the hippos, which okay. they're, they're, they're a band that, you know, doesn't really exist anymore. I know Ariel, Friedman, I think, is the singer. He's now like a big music producer. Nice. But anyways, we were really into this band, and so we were just making music videos all the time. And my mom, who's kind of in the industry, she does, um, uh, or she did like market TV marketing. Um, she had you know a nice editing system. It's called a Media One Hundred, which is kind of what became Final Cut Pro. And uh, I was uh, just pulling in my my videos on there and and cutting them on there and kind of teaching myself and then i did i didn't realize that i was gonna do it for a career like i went to college thinking i was gonna study computer science for some reason Sway but the future man as i was there i was like wait why don't i just do film that's what i want to do right so i went and i i went to university of arizona and i studied media arts there and um it's a party school ain't it ASU is the more of the party ah, school. That's the one I'm thinking of. But, but U of A is is definitely more uh, uh, a little laid back, a little more laid. Tucson they they refer to as two stoned Arizona. You know, it's <laughs> it's uh, it was a nice time that I had there. Um, I don't know that I necessarily advanced my film career there. I went to film school after, and I studied directing and editing because I was kind of like, well. Editing is my fallback, but directing is what everybody wants to do. Mm -hmm. So I might as well do that. And so like I made a thesis and I also edited someone else's thesis. And I liked my thesis, but it was the same thing. Like I mentioned, I'm, I'm not really much of a writer. I've gotten some writing credits, but like my issue is I've never been very good with dialogue. So my film, my thesis was basically like a silent film. Okay. It was, it was very like Chaplin-esque. Nice. Um, just kind of silly and uh, very physical comedy stuff. And um, it was like, I kind of bounced around and did a bunch of different work. Uh, I worked in um, promos. I was a promo producer for a little while at a station called My Network TV. I was a uh, host uh, coordinator at a late night talk show, Lopez Tonight, and uh, which was George Lopez. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, sh a, a talk show. I don't know. It, 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 it paved the way for Conan to come to TBS. So it, it did a good job. But 
And we're all thankful for that. Yeah. Not my cup of tea, but uh, okay. That, that led me to where I'm at now, which is a production company that primarily did marketing, um, but has kind of uh, grown to do their own productions as well. Uh, it's called Radley Studios, and they do. Um, currently, we do a lot of work for like the NFL Network. We do work for like the uh, Disney Plus, um, FXX, DirecTV, and then we've got a show on. Uh, investigation discovery called people magazine investigates um which i cut a few episodes of that uh like two years ago Hmm. realized it's not really for me right (laughs) it's true crime and i like true crime but like it i don't know it was it was kind of taking a toll on me like watching it is one thing but like looking at all of this footage was just really hard to deal with and you know, I was I was working on this thing like 12 hours like 10 to 12 hours a day I was working into the night I was seeing like uncensored crime scene footage oh, fuck. like um yeah just really really disturbing stuff and uh I learned stuff while working on the show but ultimately I was just like I, this is taking too much of a toll on me like I I at one point I had to go see the doctor and he's just like, I think you're just really tired and stressed out. And I think you need to just kind of take a break for a little bit there. Yeah. And how do you not get like anxiety and panic? And then, you know, like just watching all that stuff and knowing that like it lurks around the corner, you know, it could could just anywhere. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, the fact that 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 kind of stuff is happening every day, everywhere. It's just, yeah, it's (laughs) really takes a toll. So yeah, I, I backed off that. I just ended up back in the marketing side of the company. And I just uh, do a lot of NFL promos and Disney Plus promos right now. <laughs> so now when this I watch is... when I watch football every Sunday, I'm like, I wonder if Jake did that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible. I uh, yeah, I got to do we we did a spot for it's all it's almost entirely for NFL Network, which is, you know, their their station. Yep. And so uh Last year, we got to do a spot with Snoop Dogg where he actually did like the the narration for it, and uh, we got to use one of his tracks, which was fun. That's cool. Um, yeah, every once in a while, they'll they'll decide they want to spend some money on a on a big name. celebrity guest spot or whatever. Do you get to like yeah, meet yeah. any of these people, or is it it's just all post stuff? Yeah, it's all post stuff. Ah. I mean, I I was I've been uh, I've been on the phone during voiceover every once in a while, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it's it's kind of on the side, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fun job. Sometimes it, it can get a little boring at times too, but overall, I mean, the company is doing really well and they've been really good to me and never really felt any desire to run off and find something else. Cause yeah. it's just a nice steady job. Yeah. Yeah. Telltale signs of a, of a good working environment. I get you. The place yeah. I'm at now, I do internet security. So I've been there for six years and not looking to go anywhere else. That's like, it's my forever job. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we're, me. and we're even, we're in almost entirely remote. So, um, oh, shit. you know, That's cool too. we were in the office up until the pandemic, but we, we transitioned and we've not gone back. Well, so I would imagine, with, yeah, I would imagine with the work that you do, it doesn't really matter where you're at. So. Oh yeah. Uh, the entire creative team is pretty much, I mean, there are people that are, you know, I'll go on, I sometimes will go on vacation or something like that. Just bring my work with me. And <laughs> nice. No <one> knows. <laughs> yeah. No one's the wiser. Yeah. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, as long as work gets turned in on time and correct, then 
Who cares? Yeah. And then honestly, it, it's kind of a better workflow now because now I'm not having to wait around for, you know, an, a render or something like that, waiting around for a mix. I It's just getting done and I can go drop it in at 10 o'clock at night when I'm, you know, inside the house or something. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice. Nice. I'm a fan. <laughs> I like remote. <laughs> hey, some people love it. Uh, I am not one of them. I, when the state um, issued the official lockdown, um, I was a high, high risk patient. So my doctor was like, you got to go remote. So I tried it for, I did it for two weeks. And then by the third week, I was like, I don't give a shit what my doctor says. I got to go back to work, <laughs> which is weird. Cause when I got back, we'd sent everybody home. So only the management team was there. So even when I went back, it was still a skeleton crew, but there, I just, I need that separation of uh, work and home. I, I can't just be in the house. I can't have my comfort zone and my stress zone, you know, at times kind of be the same thing need to be able to yeah. like walk away from it so but yeah uh, i hear that i definitely hear that i mean i i actually we converted our garage and, and that's my office now and so it's kind of like oh i'm gonna go outside and i've also got my video games out here too nice so, <laughs> like i i, I kind of created a separate office space yeah and i would I, imagine I, just it makes sense like keeping it separate yeah yeah i hear you yeah you can actually walk out of the house and into the garage you can open the the garage door and like, you know, be outside fresh air, stuff like that, that maybe if my setup was similar to that, I might think different of it, but um, I don't know. I, I still like being around people too. Cause the immediacy of being able to turn around and like help somebody or get help from somebody versus like waiting for someone in Slack or teams or whatever. And it's like, why aren't they available? I'm available. How come they're not available? I can definitely relate to that. I mean, there, I mean, when I was working on that show, um, it, you know, it was a foreign experience for me. I hadn't worked on that kind of show before. Uh, and normally you'd be working with a story producer who would be sitting on your couch right behind you for the entire thing. And this is my first time doing it. And I don't have that producer with me. She's mm. on zoom with me once or twice a day. And so I was just cutting acts of the show, really not knowing if I was doing it right and just presenting it to her and hoping that she knew whether I was doing it right or not, but, uh, you know, eventually it all worked out. You're so like, I, well, it was just, it was just a learning curve that yeah. I had to get past. Nice. Okay. So if the hobby is work now, does the hobby still exist? I mean, you mean the hobby as in this horror thing? Well, I just mean in general, right? Like you got into editing, you got, you know, you, um liked that you were doing it as a hobby went to school for it and now you do it for work so like oh so you're the, saying editing is a hobby yeah, yeah. so like does mean, the passion still live there the same way it did before you kind of quote unquote got into the industry i think that that is why i created this account was because i felt like the editing that i was doing was never for me it was almost exclusively just work and, you know, every once in a while I'd make something like I make these birthday videos for my kid every year and uh, I'll sometimes make like family stuff. But overall, I, I wasn't really doing any editing for my own purposes. And I mean, I'd say that 75% of the uh, account is like curation, but 25% is editing where 
you know, I'll cut things down. I'll reframe them. Sometimes I do those super cuts, but overall it's, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. It's all good. <laughs> um, it's, it's more, it's more fun. It's more fun. That's why. And, and it was like, I was only doing it maybe once every few days originally. And then once the pandemic hit, it was just like, it kind of became like an obsession. And my sister gives me a hard time about it all the time. She's just like, you don't have to post something every day. And I'm like, I kind of do. I mean, it's, it's my escape. It's I'll, I'll come out to the garage and I'll find this clip that I want to post. And I, I know a lot of these accounts, they'll have like scheduled posts and everything. And I have basically no, it's, it's just a complete, uh, it's anarchy. Like I'll, I'll just scrub through all the movies I have and just randomly decide, Oh, I haven't posted anything from the nineties in a while, or I haven't posted anything from this movie in a while, or I found this new movie. And yeah, there's every once in a while I might come up with, you know, it's a holiday. I'll, I'll do something along the lines of that holiday or it's somebody's birthday or somebody's died and I'll feel like I need to give them, you know, a little memoriam. Right. But uh, overall it's, there's really no, uh, logic to what i post <laughs> it's just completely random when we made the transition from video to audio on spotify um you know we're trying to grow it i was like well let me let me try this instagram thing and see what it's all about and so i'm i feel like i'm still learning how to use instagram like uh, there's people that post stuff and I'll, I'll instant message them if i know them like dude how did you do that like show me yeah. where show me how um but one of the first things that we had when that page got created was your page, Best of Be Horror. Oh. And I would literally look forward to my lunches where I can just sit and kind of see what you posted because it's always like the choice cuts of like deep cuts, movies that nobody's ever seen before, movies that I've never seen before or stuff that I do was familiar with. And it was always just like those prime moments, like the gory, the you know, the bloody, just like, ah, that's so good. Yeah. So it's so I, I never really was into the gory stuff when I got into it. I, I was more, my, my sister and I did it. I, I mentioned my, my sister and I, we did these, uh, these super cuts like 15 years ago. Okay. So, so you would, uh, you would send me an instant message on Instagram and you had mentioned a super cut and, um, I was like, super cuts question mark. Tell me what that is. So yeah, supercuts are uh, basically when you when you just cut together. It, it's like a sizzle. It's like you cut together a whole bunch of stuff. It could be from one entity. It could be from multiple things. Then with with some sort of a common theme. Um, it's something that I do a lot. I I do some of them for work. Um, we used to do all this all this stuff for uh, Billboard for the Billboard Music uh, Awards, and. Uh, I would cut, I would make these super cuts around a song and I would just find a whole bunch of concert footage and I would kind of make a music video based around this song that had, because it was all about the the touring awards. It was uh, all the all the festivals and concerts and everything they would give awards for. And I just kind of got really into this. Like, I really like music, music editing. Um, I like cutting stuff to music and... Uh, and I mean, some supercuts aren't that, you know, the supercuts that we were doing back in the day, they were really just, we would find three minutes that were entertaining to us from a bad movie. And uh, we were always more into just the badness. 
we didn't care so much about the gory stuff. We were more like, I really like this bad dialogue. I really like this terrible uh, <laughs> special effects. Um, it, it, it just that kind of stuff is what really got me into these movies. And I'm kind of shocked that I've now I have this new appreciation for for all the gore. Nice. But anyways, supercuts are really just a way to digest uh, something that you like in a different in a different form in a more uh, in a more succinct way. You know, um, there there are so many different iterations of them out there. There are people that will say, "Oh, this is a this is a supercut where it's all of the time someone says the title of a movie in the movie." Like, oh, and we're yeah, yeah. saving Private Ryan, or I want to be big, right? Like that kind of thing, and they'll just cut all of those together. Or like I made one years ago that was just I was watching Demolition Man, you know, uh, Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. Yeah, 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 and I noticed that Wesley Snipes's character Simon Phoenix he never actually speaks to anybody in the movie outside of like the beginning and the end of the movie. He's just talking to himself. He just like doesn't have dialogue because he's all by himself. And so I just cut this thing together where it was just all of his dialogue where he's just like talking to himself, talking to computers, talking to everybody that isn't there. Like right. it's it's entirely just talking to himself. That's so so I think it was called Simon Phoenix Talks to Nobody. It was the first viral video that I made. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it, it, it did pretty well on YouTube. I it, it got me uh, it got me hooked on like trying to get those views. But it didn't it took me years before i finally figured out a better formula with with this page got it yeah that's kind of where i'm at right now with trying to grow the podcast like it just the more listeners the better the more subscribers the better and like we get a lot of good feedback from the people who do listen so um it's nice to know that people are listening but it'd be even nicer to kind of grow it a little bit so I can I can understand that sentiment. It's hard, man. I mean, I to to be honest, I I wasn't really into social media either. I uh, I always kind of just I I look at it every once in a while. I actually kind of gave my wife a hard time because she was on it too much, and I was I can, just like, yeah, this is like really... you don't want you don't want to just like sit there watching what other people are doing. Like, what's why why are you doing that? And meanwhile, my sister is like a professional influencer. Like she. No has shit. A complete career out of out of uh, social media. Now you, um, you've mentioned your sister a couple times, um, and you know, sorry if this sounds creepy or whatever, but the power of the internet. Uh, her name is Molly, right? Yeah, she's a couple years younger than you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's got some IMDb credits, just like you do. I think we've talked about that a little bit, where it's like mostly for the editing. Um, so she, it seems like just from the IMDb pages that she kind of. You guys did this together, kind of came up in the ranks. I think you guys even share a credit for, uh, oof, uh, sorry. It's probably one of my own projects. I, I recruited her onto things bum every rap? once in a while. Yeah, bum rap. That was my thesis. Okay, got so, it, got it. That's yeah, probably I why I couldn't it, find it anywhere. I, can't, I went looking yeah, for some of this yeah. stuff and I couldn't find it anywhere. It just lives on my server. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, guess I that, that's a byproduct of you guys like growing up, watching these movies as you were talking about. Totally. Yeah. I mean, she, she, uh, has always kind of given me a hard time for being the one that, that forced all this stuff on her. She wouldn't be so into horror movies if it weren't for, for me showing them to her when she was a kid. 
and uh, I, you know, I scarred her for life, but she loves horror movies. So right. what, what can I say? But yeah, like we were, we were, uh, she's probably the one who got me more into it as an adult. Okay. You know, we, we started watching these. I mean, this was when she was like, uh, I want to say that she was maybe, when we first started doing it. She was maybe like a uh, senior in high school, maybe in college. No, she's a senior in high school. I think I was still in college. But um, yeah, we would just get high and go see and go watch these movies from Blockbuster. And I don't even remember why we decided to do it, but it was fun. We did maybe like eight of them. And uh, it actually, the reason why um, I started this page was because I was trying to cut a new one after 10 years. And I made it for this movie that we're talking about here, uh, Aerobicide, and it was 25 minutes long. <laughs> and I was just like, how do I cut this down? This movie is too good. Right. And I kept trying to cut it down and I, I couldn't get it any, any, you know, I got it down to like 15 minutes, 12 minutes. I couldn't get close to three minutes. <laughs> and I was just like, why don't I just post a single clip on Instagram? Like some of the accounts that I like on there like vcr of death was probably the the biggest influence they uh there wasn't this 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 genre was not necessarily captured and it's just like it it works it works well as one clip then i'm not stressing about what to cut then i can just i can post all of it just in little chunks nice but yeah that was that was probably the inspiration how did you guys get started? Like you mentioned, you know, just perusing Blockbuster. I know for me, that's how it was for me, right? I um, moved around a lot when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I lived in uh, Ontario, California for a while. And when I moved there, you know, the neighbor kid and I, we would walk up to the video store. Uh, video Adventures is what it was called. And, you know, we only had a couple bucks in our pocket. And the new, the new releases were like $3.23. And we're like, ah, we don't got enough. So let's look at, you know, the older stuff. And uh, we just started finding movies on the rack, just rent whatever we could. And um, it somehow just kind of moved into horror and it just stayed there. And I think the one for me that really kind of got hold of me and then just never let me go from the genre was Return of the Living Dead. Nice. It's so a good one. I'm always curious to know kind of, you know, is that a similar story for you? You know, is it different? Well, yeah. So like I had a fascination. I, I, I vividly remember watching those um, marathons of like Friday the 13th on like AMC or whatever channel was doing that would do those marathons all the time or you just watch like six straight movies. And I watched a lot of those, you know, we my we we watched like a bunch of random ones that we would see on like late night HBO. I remember sorority house massacre was nice. in there. Nice. Um, and, um, but yeah, it really, it really didn't pick up for me until I was older. Like it, 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 it was more that time uh, when, when we're renting stuff from blockbuster and the movies we were getting were like this movie shredder, which was like a terrible snowboarding slasher movie. Okay. Uh, the pumpkin carver. Um, we really liked this one. Uh, uh, 
Return to Horror High. Oh, that sounds familiar. Uh, it's a it's a completely bonkers movie. It, it it it's it's like a behind the scenes of making a horror movie, but it keeps jumping into an actual horror movie. But then you're like confused about: Am I in the movie or am I in the behind the scenes? What's real and what's not? It's it's trying so hard to be this like this complex horror film, but it makes no sense. Nice. And it's got a oh, very young George Clooney in it. Oh, very cool. <laughs> I always and like he gets those, those killed movies. off very quickly. Ah, oh, bummer. I always <laughs> like it when those older movies have like those. Uh, Big names. Uh, I think what was the one we just did? Oh shit! Uh, it was Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker that had. Um, oh yeah, Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. young Bill Paxton too. That was, that was a good surprise. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was credited as Robert Paxton, maybe. Oh really? <laughs> or Will, William Paxton? Well, William, William, William Paxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what Paxton. it was. Yeah, and I was like, I think that's Bill Paxton, and then sure enough. Took me a minute yeah. after he was on screen. He's got that very distinct voice. But then, have you seen um, Mortuary? No. That one is like a, maybe a year or two later, and he's the he's the I guess the lead in that. There's a female lead too, but he's you you can tell that uh, he's got more star power coming there. Nice. Like he's he's super creepy in it. <laughs> nice. Okay, so um, I think we talked a little about you know you kind of diving into your um the movies i take it that you have like a dense digital library i've got a big media server which is where you know i store everything i've got my music my my old photos videos old projects everything is all on there and yeah i just kind of collect movies nice and then you just go through and kind of whatever you know whatever the mood strikes let me yeah you know sometimes i'll Sometimes I'll scrub through like my old clips and I might do, I, I've started getting to the point where I get a little lazy and I might do a repost because back in the day when I was doing them in the beginning there, you know, a post might get two, 300 views and now they're getting, you know, maybe 10, 20,000 views. So Man. I might as well go back and repost it. You got like, a good uh, following too. Something like 17,000, something like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's climbing. It it uh, it got a little stagnant for a while, but it seems to have picked up again. I don't know. I, I turned on that professional thing recently. What's uh, that? Because it's got uh, it's like a professional account, and you can see like analytics. You can see um, how many people view something, how many followers you get out of something. Gotcha. You know, uh, you get you can see uh, um, like interaction and and that kind of thing. So it's. It's, uh, I mean, it's really just porn. It's not like, I don't know what you're really going to gain out of the insight. Right. But, uh, it's I'm, just like, oh, cool. Same, that posted really well. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. I, I, uh, I go to, I get to work a half hour before the building opens and I, you know, I'll make breakfast for myself and we have a full on kitchen in there. So I'll, I'll, you know, make breakfast and eat. And then, um, while I'm in there, I will log into my Spotify account for, you know, the admin account. And just start checking all, you know, how many people listened yesterday and how many people have subscribed now and just kind of, yeah, it's, 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 it can be um, a lot sometimes when, especially when new episodes get pushed out because the, the info is like 24 hours delayed. So it's like ah, the urge to want to look, you know, every day yeah. just kind of still sits there. Yeah. I really never expected to pick up that obsession with, 
you know, picking up followers and all that. I, I, it, it just didn't seem like something that was going to, that I, that would, that would interest me. And now I seem to care about it. <laughs> yeah. Well now that, you know, you've picked up some steam. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I just, I, I guess. I, and now I'm just like, Oh, I got to use this to do something else eventually. Like, Everybody seems to have some sort of a business on the side, you know, they'll, they'll sell products or something like that. And I don't really know what I would do to monetize things. Um, well, I think I would, in my opinion, I would think that it'd be easier for you to do something like that because you're already, you've already, you know, you've got the, the business part of it down. You're, you're in the industry a bit. You've been doing it for such a long time. Like if you wanted to make, like see with with me the um the the pipe dream is always how do i afford to be able to quit my job continue to live the lifestyle that my wife and i have in our family and just do this thing full time yeah i mean that's what my sister did i i i'm still amazed that she managed to do it cuz she was uh she was actually an editor herself yeah. on a tv show and uh while she was doing that, she was she, she started off as a blog, like a DIY home uh, lifestyle blog, and uh, and now she's just getting sponsored posts nice. all the time. You know, she's she's doing very well. Nice. And, uh, see, see, I always feel like I started too late. Yeah, like I missed the boat. You know, I mean, it's never really too late, but you I know. mean, that's what they say. You know, it's never too late to do anything, right? Which I can agree with. I you know, quit my job for a long time, put myself back in school and just started a whole brand new career path and it's going great. So now that I'm trying to do this thing, not so much as a career path, but more as just a hobby, it's a way for me and Matt to, we've known each other since we were, mm, I don't know, 15, 16. And we're both in, well into our forties now. So, but our circumstances are different. I'm, you know, I live in Ventura County and he lives in um, San Bernardino County. We're separated from, you know, by distance and circumstance. And it's just how do we continue to hang out as friends and mm. continue to do the things that we used to do and we love, which is get drunk, watch movies, talk shit. <laughs> and so he, he was the one that came up with the podcast. I was like, great, let's do that. And now that I'm like into it from like, an ops perspective, right? Where, you know, we're meeting every week and, you know, let's have a schedule lined up and line, line up people to guest spot and interview and things like that. It's like, it's starting to feel more like, okay, I can, I can really do this for, you know, full time if it paid uh, enough. Yeah. Um, but also it's, I feel like some of the roadblocks are the fact that it's a saturated market. Almost everybody oh, yeah. has a podcast. Every video I watch is like, hey, you want to start a podcast? Um, you're probably never going to make money from it. So as long as you're cool <laughs> with that, like, then you're good. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So so I guess I just, to me, it's just sticking to the root cause, which is whatever, if something were to happen, that'd be great. But enjoy it for what it is. I get to spend time with my friend. We get to watch awesome fucking movies. Um you know, and we meet good people along the way, yourself included. Yeah. You know, we've made a lot of friends going to different conventions and we have ideas for live shows and we've actually done a live show. And so, you know, it's it's fun. It it, it gets 
it breaks up to use your word from earlier the monotony of like yeah. you know home and work and just kind of the that routine stuff so if anything, maybe that's maybe that's the payoff, right? It's a, mm-hmm. that's the value in it, I guess. Yeah, I mean that it's the same. I mean, you know, I, I I'm kind of just like I'm, I'm I have the same mindset right now. We're like, oh yeah, it would be really cool if this led to something more. You know, my first thought was like, oh maybe I'll meet more people in the horror industry and I'll start working in that industry more. But obviously, like I I've got a lot of I've had a lot of good conversations with people in the industry, like. They are, there's a lot of people on there, uh, especially in the makeup, the makeup special effects field. Like there's yeah. a ton of really amazing people on Instagram that don't even have a following. And I don't, I don't understand it. It's yeah. Very cool stuff. But yeah, like I, I never, like I said, I never had a, much of an appreciation for it, but now seeing so much of it on there and those people are very nice. Like they all want to talk about it. They're the best and they're so super supportive. That's what I love about it. Um, I met, um, we went to, I went to a convention a couple weeks ago in, in Ontario and somebody started following me, um, on Instagram. And so I, I took a look at their page and followed them back and it turns out there, he's a filmmaker. He's got a lot of good equipment and I geek out over the equipment. Like I, I am more of like a behind the scenes type, uh-huh. like Matt's very like, always wanted to act who wants to write like the whole creative part. I'm like, I'm the gearhead, right? I'm watching videos on, you know, um, cameras and microphones and nerding out on cables. And like, so when I saw all this dude's gear, I was like, Oh my God, you got like some great stuff, you know, checking out your page, love what you're doing. And then we just started conversation and he's a, um, special effects makeup guy. And, and yeah, so it's just, you know, he's invited me out to a couple things and, and we keep in touch. And so it's like, I don't know, building that network, I guess. Right. So like, I know an editor, I know a writer, I know a, a cameraman, I know a special effects guy, like, yeah. you know, it's just pooling those resources and, and really trying to make it happen. If, but I think the important part is just making, remembering to like do it for the love of doing it. And if something happens mm-hmm. thereafter, then sure. But yeah, you know. exactly. I feel like I don't want to, I don't want to be hounding people out there saying, Oh, Hey, give me work. But you know, comes along. Great. I'm a big fan of let the work speak for itself. You know what I mean? And I think that's where the the obsession comes in of like growing the followers, right? It's because you put something out and you're like, how is like this not blowing up? This is such good work. I put some, you know, this is amazing. Like how is everybody not falling head over heels for this? And that's where the followers would come. So, um, yeah. I'm a big yes. There there are some posts where I'm just like, oh man, this post is gonna be huge, and then it's like nobody nobody looks at it. And then another one where I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to get something out, and then whoa, that one's got fifty thousand views. Like (laughs) what? It just sometimes I just can't predict it. It's really strange. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully over time. So tell tell me about Killer Workout. Right, you mentioned it. You love it. It's the the inspiration for the page. Like, yeah. what is it about this movie? Well, I don't know. Do you want to give us a synopsis on it first? And then we can kind of get into the why. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so do you, do you, when you're doing these recaps, do you kind of spoil the movie or do you kind of go as it goes? Like, 
because you know we know who the killer is do you reveal who the killer is in the beginning or do you wait it out um we we try to wait it out the the one we just posted this week was on uh mutilator okay i don't know if you've seen that one (laughs) and like they spoil it for you right they show you who the killer is and like the first time you see the killer you're like oh it's the dude's dad um so we didn't mind kind of spoiling it that way yeah and then we have one in the can right now for um intruder Mm -hmm. oh that's one of my favorites oh dude it was so good that is such a good movie but the trailer ruins it for you and shows you who the killer is oh does it yeah it's crazy i work in that industry i do marketing like that and i cannot stand trailers (laughs) i mean i appreciate the trailers for what they are but like i can't watch a trailer for a movie that i'm gonna go i want to go see because it ruins stuff yeah and so like i i am also like the stuff that i love i won't watch trailers for it right so i think uh, i accidentally saw the trailer for the new evil dead movie so i was like oh fuck it i've already seen it but like now i can't stop watching it because it looks good um but for stuff like mandalorian last of us um you know just stuff like that i will purposely stay away from trailers with the podcast it's a little bit different because it's really just kind of matt and i and we have different styles of movies that we prefer. Um, uh-huh. I, I'll give you an example. Um, and these are two episodes that we did on the um, YouTube channel. Um, I really liked The Brain. Okay, yeah. Which he did too, but I like that style of movie. Um, I'm more of like a monster guy. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like the practical effects. I like monsters. Yeah. Like the movie Antlers was like... Oh my god, that was like my new favorite horror movie. Mm-hmm. Matt's more like the slasher, blood and guts type, which I'm down for that stuff too. But like, <laughs> we watched a movie that he picked called Bad Biology. Mm-hmm. I, don't I haven't seen it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> no good. Good. Uh, just don't do what we did and watch it with my mom in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know what I was getting myself into and we were shooting at my mom's house cause we were doing like an outside thing and they got a pretty dope backyard. And so my mom was like, yeah, I'd love to watch it and, you know, kind of sit around and watch you guys do your podcast or whatever. So she sat there and watched it and was like, what are you showing me right now? <laughs> I was like, you, you yeah. wanted to watch it. Yeah. I've learned not to watch with any of my older family members. <laughs> yeah. My dad gets just mad when when i've turned on any kind of horror movie or any even like thriller type movies he's just yeah he just gets upset nice so yeah i i hear that uh i'm i'm more in the slasher camp i would say i i can appreciate a good monster movie but i i definitely uh like a good slasher i like i like the grounding in reality somewhat you know yeah i got gotcha. you i see and that's uh that's a good point because um I like to get lost in the movie. So uh, film creators like Tarantino, who've got really good drawn out story, even if it's a scene of people sitting around talking at a fucking table in a diner for 10 minutes, it's like, if it's written well enough, it draws me into the story. So if, if, so if a movie can like remove me from the couch and put me into it and get me involved in it, I'm in it. And so um, I feel like a lot of a lot of the good monster movies do that for me, um, and there's good slasher movies that do that too. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's great monster movies out there. I'm not I'm not like a hater on monster movies. Oh yeah, no. just, if I was choosing between the two, I I always go slasher. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, yeah, Matt's about to jump in, so um, give him a minute. But uh, all right. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. No problem.